Welcome everybody from all around the world. Welcome to this podcast, <clears throat> Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. You got yours, I've got mine. I'm your host, I'm Dolphus Q, I'm the originator and the creator of this podcast. It was inspired by Toastmasters Project. And I want to pause here and I want to give a warm welcome to any Toastmasters who are listening. And I hope they are. You're live. Some of those things we are never able to escape. Happened in early childhood. Something means something happened there. That change. Very coarse. Of our lives. This podcast is about escaping some of those entanglements. Episode 9, 
chapter 9. I am through. February 9. Underline. I am at the bottom of the slop jaw. The lowest I can get without being poured down the toilet stool. If you want to know why I feel so low in a world where possibilities for love, peace, and happiness are endless, then I am sorry to say I am too low to discuss it. Discuss it. (laughs) I'm disgusted. I am fighting an image of myself that is verified by my existence. I don't register on the scale of humanity. I cannot cut the mustard. This is the gris of this piece. I cannot do it. I cannot make myself into a writer. I don't have the talent. I twist my cerebral rag and not one drop of creativity falls. The rag is dry as a bone in Death Valley. March 2nd, underline. I am hastily writing this letter so if my script is unreadable in places, that is the cause. Well, by the time you get this letter, I should be near the end of the first quarter at the University of Chicago. And believe me, I need a gulp of fresh air. So I'm wondering when would be a good time to visit you in our. I work on Fridays and Saturday nights, but I'm off on Sundays and Mondays. So would the hours of March be a feasible time to journey out there? Currently, I am seriously thinking of transferring from the University of Chicago. Although my eyes grow misty and my mind remorseful at the thought. But I would rather talk than write about it. I received your letters last month. But only now am I responding. Please don't feel your... Not the only one waiting on a reply. Man, the letters I write and fail to mail. Hopefully I will mail this one. The winter here in Chicago has been bearable. Although the snow still stands in piles like mountains and molehills. I sustain a nasty fall that will leave me scarred for life. I purchased two heavy coats to insulate my body from the cold, only to find that one was sufficient. But as the old folks say, it is better to have and not need than to need and not have. You must admit those old folks were smart 
when you apply that logic to money. How are your sons? I trust they are keeping you out of trouble, but not from your studies. Speaking of troubles, the 80s have dumped loads upon me. It may well be three more years before I can hope for relief with that rustic actor playing the role of a lifetime, the President of the United States. <coughs> Rolo- Lords, <laughs> Rolades will do me no good. Have you heard, have you been in touch with Wilberforce? I heard that Chapter Foster was no longer there and that a few new buildings have appeared on campus, but only for members of the alphabet elites, the frats and the sororities. I guess the most amazing thing that has happened to me thus far is the broadening of my intellectual horizon. My mind has opened to Shakespeare and classical music and I have developed a greater, I think, understanding of poetry. Where is the separation between the creator and the creation, the artist and the artifact? Well, I guess I have ranted and raved long enough. So let me close by asking once more, when is a good time to journey out to our to see you. Goodbye and write soon, your friend Dolphus. March 3rd, underline. Dear Grace, how are you? Fine, I hope. Before I got around to mailing one letter to you, here I am writing another one as this bus flies and rattles over these rough roads on the way to the University of Chicago. Sometimes I wonder why these buses don't fall apart. What keeps them whole? That is the reason my handwriting appears so jerky. But to be honest, I feel jerky and rattle as my handwriting looks. I hate to lament my woes again, but I truly feel like I'm caught between Louisiana hot sauce and Chinese mustard. Well, get into the meat of this letter, which is like taking a tablespoon full of castor oil with a few grains of salt. I have stared into the mirror and seen my true reflection. If you have ever witnessed failure, then you know what I have seen. I clearly saw with crystal visions that I am rolling on tires that are flat. While I travel upon a road that goes neither up nor down, that turns neither right nor left, but leads straight into the heart of nothingness. I feel trapped on a bus that cannot turn around. I am the victim of an undermining force whose sole objective is to disrupt 
the lives of people like me. People who try so hard to succeed in the best way they know how. Well, I will close on that thought and wish you well right when you can. There is no need to rush a reply. Respectfully, your brother, Dolphus. March 3rd, underline. This is one of those days, not unlike the other days of my life. The difference between those days and this day is that on this day, the bottom finally dropped out. Dropped out. Every day, a bucket will go a well. One day, the bottom of a dropout, as prophesied by Mob, Bob Marley. Today, I threw up my hands and said, I'm through. The hidden forces have won. I put down the pencil and walk away from the blank page. I have decided to quit the University of Chicago and to put away all thoughts of ever becoming anything other than a plain human being. I bit off more than I could chew. That was the problem from the start. I have had no idea of what I was walking into when I entered. But it's all over now. As of this moment, my pursuit of a higher education and all the benefits and goodies that come with it is behind me. I know not what will happen after this or when I will be able to look deeply into the mirror again. Everyone loves a winner, but when you lose, you lose alone. Like it or not, isn't that the plain, simple truth? I don't blame anyone but me. The fault is totally mine. Although I can point to bad luck, bad breaks, and setbacks. I was not prepared for higher education and could not cut the mustard. I recall a note scribbled in the margin of a short paper I turned in to Professor Stern. You have a long ways to go. Now I see the truth in what he scribbled in the margin. I have a better chance to reach infinity than to turn in a good paper. There's an intellectual gap that I don't have the intelligence to bridge. In plain words, I am not academic material. So it is goodbye and so long to the University of Chicago. There's absolutely nothing left for me to do but turn to religion. I have no fortune, no fortune, no hope. And today, 
the last fair deer has gone down. Sometimes as I stare into my troubled soul and wonder where I went wrong, it seems everything about me is wrong. The way I look, the way I talk, the way I walk, the way I think, the way I act, the way I read, even the way I chew food. My plan from this point forward is simple. Work, save money, buy a bus ticket out of Chicago. However, I will continue to write down my thoughts and stuff. But abort the thought of becoming a writer. Notice that my plan does not include the pursuit of social pleasures. I don't want to be reminded of my failures, and that's exactly what pleasure-seeking tends to do in my case. First, there's the realization that everyone around you has, quote, made it. Then there's the gut knowing feeling that somehow you are not good enough to be in the presence of such prosperity. Where will I go? Gainesville is out. I see the place as a latrine. I wouldn't crawl back under the cover of the darkest night. March 6th. Underline. Somehow I'm caught in the clutch of circumstances and know not how to free myself. I stare into space and wonder how in the world did I ever get this way? What were the mitigating factors that cultivated to make me veer sharply from the herd of humanity? It seems my life has meshed with misery since the closing days of 1968. It was then that things unraveled and fell apart or to paraphrase Yates. The center did not hold. Now I hold in my hands shard of shattered hopes and fragments of busted dreams. Since school is no longer a daily part of my life, I think I will offer a book about my experiences in Chicago, tentatively titled Pieces and Fragments of a Mental Collapse. Forward for a proposed book, underline. I arrived in Chicago on April the 7th, 1979, and like the pilgrims who landed at Plymouth Rock in 1620, I was full of hope about my future, a future composed of abstract dreams and dependent upon a job that was promised by a former supervisor who was going into business for himself. The promise, like a mixture of gelatin left out in the sun, didn't gel, and I found myself spiraling down a drain like dirty water. I saw no hope rising on the horizon. But surprisingly, with time, the rough waters calm, 
and as a result of that calmness, a few other things, and a few other things, I picked up my pencil and sought out a blank page and decided to follow through with the proposed book. I wanted to write a manuscript, a story documenting a sad chapter of my life. The purpose of this documentation was not to make money, but closure. I wanted to put those dark and disastrous years far behind me, to turn them into dust and let them pass like the wind, a fleeting memory disappearing behind me. And thus, we have reached the ending of episode 9. Please join us next Thursday as we continue this story. As I continue writing my book. As I continue talking about escaping the entanglements of our lives. So, so long for now. And to everybody around the world, have a better day tomorrow.